Welcome back to another edition of our Four Questions Journalist Spotlight. We are here with Nicole Smith from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Hey, Nicole, thanks for being with me. Uh, thanks for inviting me. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We're all kind of trying some new things here, so I'm, I'm glad to be able to have some kind of kind of face-to-face, right? Yeah, even if it's virtual, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Sometimes better than better than nothing, right? Yeah. So um, what I wanted to do first, and your job description has kind of changed a little bit over the four years or so that you've been with the paper, but kind of give, give folks a little idea as to what your title is and what you're responsible for right now. Well, right now I'm responsible for arts and entertainment. Um, I think that expands and contracts depending on if a pandemic is around or not, quite frankly. So um, I do arts and entertainment, but obviously that's changed over time. So really we focused on how to help people connect and build community in spite of the pandemic. I think that's more what we're doing these days. And my official title is editor of arts and entertainment. So my background uh, actually starts in television. So I worked at CNN for four years um, out of school and did some writing and producing and so on and so forth. I've also been a magazine editor, did some marketing and jumped back into journalism um, after a little while. And then I landed at the AJC and I've been there four years. Yeah, and you're and you're just to be clear. So your responsibilities are both on the print side and the digital side. Is that correct? More like all of the above. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, so we do. I, I am in charge of a things to do podcast, print, uh, digital. And for a while, they're having me do social media. So I think it's just if you're a journalist now, you'd have to be a jack of all trades and be platform agnostic. And sometimes you get good at stuff and they give you more stuff to do, right? More stuff. Yeah, yeah. I say, hey, let's, let's, hey we've, we've never done this before. Let's say maybe Nicole can do that. Yeah, Nicole. Could, well, you know what? It, it, it's okay because I like learning, so it just it adds to my resume, it adds to my skill set. Yeah, yeah. Well, and people are getting news and information in in different ways, and especially on mobile. Yeah, so yeah, and you have to be where people are. Yeah, I mean, what are you guys finding in terms of your your online versus your your print readership? I, I mean, I'm sure the the online is is skyrocketing. Yeah, well, actually, both. So. I would say that definitely, obviously online, because that, that's just a way for people to easily access information, which is great. And I think it's wonderful that the Atlanta Journal-Constitution is able to just create that much content and do that much reporting so that we can provide what people need and maybe even provide what they didn't realize that they needed. And it's been great to just watch our reporting, even going to national outlets. Um, like I'll even be watching television shows at night, cable television, I'll see major anchors use the Atlanta Journal-Constitution's investigative reports and other reports uh, just to really just talk about the conversation of the pandemic. So that's been great. And then also, I didn't expect, that didn't, didn't expect the print readership to also um, grow, but we get notes and information all the time that that readership is growing as well. And I think it just really shows people want information, period. <laughs> so is it growing? I mean, when you say it's growing, is that kind of over the last two months during the pandemic or even before that? I think digital was growing before that. Right. Print, like everyone else, was we were trying to find our, our way and what we were supposed to do. And we've always remained committed to a seven-day-a-week newspaper, and that commitment has never changed. I think that people have found more of a need for print <clears throat> these days. And so they're cons- consuming our readers and our listeners and our users, all any, whatever you want to call them, they're consuming more content. So that's great. So uh, how are you finding coverage of the, the arts and entertainment scene the last couple of months? Obviously, what obviously, arts and entertainment? Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, 
a lot of stuff is shut down, obviously. Yeah. But, you know, well, so I'll be completely honest with you. At first, I I was probably like everyone else. I don't think it, I thought it was going to be protracted. You know, I didn't think it was going to be that long. So I kind of just kept assigning and coming up with ideas that I knew in a couple of weeks would come back to life. It didn't come back to life. Right, right. So the first couple of weeks, we were really focused on making sure we told people what was canceled and what wasn't around and what was closed and what attractions they wouldn't be able to go to and what were the rules. Um, but then we, we kind of found our, we just kind of leveled out and found that people really wanted to know how to communicate and stay busy <laughs> and find things to do or even just be encouraged. So we, for example, uh, you mentioned your newsletter at one point because I always read your newsletter. <laughs> cool. I, I was like hearing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You mentioned at one point how we changed from go guide to do guide. And that was right. a very deliberate decision. Um, and I was able to talk to the leadership there. It was a very strategic decision to make sure that we continue to buy, provide a way for the community to connect. But it was acknowledging the fact that people couldn't go out and do in the way that they could before. And even though our state has opened back up, according to the governor, um, and any edicts, the truth of the matter is in the heart and mind, people still struggle with that. So we, we, we keep that in mind as we create content. And I think probably the go guide transformed into the do guide is one of the best examples of that. And we get, we, our editor-in-chief, Kevin Riley, gets positive feedback around that all the time. Yeah, no, I, I thought that was a, you know, from a branding perspective, I thought that was, that was just, a, I, I saw that, I was like, okay, that's, that's, that's perfect. <laughs> I mean, it, yeah. it made sense. It was, it really encompassed where we are and what we're doing and not going. And uh, yeah, it's like, okay, just, it's like, oh, that's, that, that was a brilliant move. Right, well, like thank that. you. Uh, well, I, I, I definitely, it was collective, and I'm glad that mm. able to really tap into what people really wanted, and that took just a lot of listening and hearing from the community. And you only had to change one letter, so. One letter. So, so the guys. Say some ink. So the guys who changed the, the, the type fonts only had to change one letter out. That was good. He, he or she only <laughs> had to change one letter, but I, I tell you, the content itself radically changed. Yeah, so. yeah, I know, I know, I know. Yeah, uh, yeah we, we, we've been working on the MomoCon and, you know, we mm -hmm. started January talking to somebody, Joseph, on your team mm -hmm. about, about some stories. And, and that, on the digital uh, team. On the digital team, yeah. And then that changed, changed from doing this event with 45,000 people to canceling this event to yeah. trying to figure out what we're going to do next to yeah. now we're doing a virtual event. Yeah. So it's, it's, been, a, it's been a ride. Yeah, I, I, everyone's trying to figure out how to continue to do or to be relevant or provide what people want. And I think people want more connectivity than ever now. It just has to it has to look different, That even to speak to your MomoCon, right? So it's not that people don't want to engage with that um, type of content or topic, but we can't do it in the way that we could before. So we all got to get creative at this point. Yeah, yeah. Well, it, it's a... Uh... It may some to some extent the coverage may be, you know, it's maybe more visual, more more a little more interactive in some ways. Mm -hmm. So that's that's kind of cool. It um, is more interactive. I agree with you, and I I think that it just it requires absolutely requires that we think of we make sure that we keep people first. I think that's always been a sentiment at the AJC, but th I feel like this is a whole new level. We really have to be thoughtful and empathetic before we decide to do any story and it, it's and I don't want a pandemic but as far as that strategy I think it's a good place to be to always remember people first 
Yeah. Are you finding that people are asking for, you know, coverage that isn't just pandemic coverage? I have not found that. <laughs> not yet? Okay. I have not yet. So I, I expected it, right? And I, I even get pitches from publicists to say, hey, if you're looking for non-coronavirus coverage. But the truth of the matter is I feel like it's integrated and seeped into so many aspects of people's lives. They're still looking for an, a guide or a coach somewhere, someone right, right. to help them figure out how to live in this, I hate to say this cliche at this point, but this new normal, right? So yeah, yeah. I haven't felt that. Now, quite frankly, I feel like we've had the luxury in the past few weeks to mix it up a bit. And uh, when it comes to our content, as far as, as sometimes a good amount of the time we focus on what to watch to relax or, you know, what to listen to. But a lot of times we'll just do things just so people can have fun. It has nothing to do with the pandemic in the sense of the topic is, is pandemic. Although I think that, you know, we're still thinking about how to create content and write stories because the pandemic is, is ever, it's just present. Right. Right. That's how we write and what we do. Yeah. Yeah, and soon it won't be the new normal. It'll just be the normal. It'll, normal. it'll just be kind of how we're how we're living. And I think everybody's trying to figure out, you know, how are we going to keep doing? Yeah. How are we going to do sports events? Because we got to get back to be able to do sports events and concerts and right. conventions like MoMaCon and yeah, con, you know, I think the concerts. I think we're going to see phases over time. You know, it, the first is that it was it was not quite getting it, and then it was the complete shutdown, yeah. and then we're going to ease into things, and then whatever the normal will be, you know, and then I believe personally, eventually we'll get back to the way things used to be, but that just may be a long time from now. So I think, I think as that changes, Atlanta Jones constitution's coverage will also change and we'll respond to that. And the good part of that is it will be a nice documentation of how we all lived our lives over this, the span of time during a pandemic. I mean, we're yeah. recording history here so that there's a, there's that part of that, even just the way we cover it will be remembered when somebody looks back at this a hundred years from now. I, I think so too. Is there any, any kind of story that kind of has jumped out at you recently that you've really thought, well, that was, that was just a great story. I'm glad we were able to do this story this way or cover this topic. Yeah, well, that's a hard question just because I feel like so many people are doing a great job, you know. I, I'll, of course, I'll say two things. Number one, I feel like our investigative team has done a really good job in the sense that they're just finding even quirky things, how maybe how information is being put out by the government, or um, maybe they'll help explain how we get our own numbers when it comes to daily count or daily deaths or anything like that. And they've just done a really good job of every day finding something new that people should know. And I'm really proud of our investigative team. Um, and then, of course, I'm proud of my own team <laughs> because they, we have found a way to really connect with people um, just from the heart, starting from the heart. And so I, I love seeing people just love the things that we're doing almost a little bit more than it was before. Cause I think almost we were, we were doing maybe a little bit of the expected. They expected us to do their art reviews and talk about exhibits, but now we're, we've come into people's homes, quite frankly, you know, we're there. They listen to our playlist or soundtracks or what we tell them to watch. And we're creating moments for people. Um, we're telling people how to cut their hair, their dog's hair. <laughs> and so these are quite frankly, these are moments people have learned to cherish. In the wait, wait, you, you, you got a way to cut your hair. Cause 
My wife tried to do you it. Well, I haven't cut mine. I but wasn't going to try that out on me. <laughs> I gave my wife my clippers, and she, she did okay. She did a pretty yeah. good job. I hear so many people say that. I gave my – I actually uh, – it, it might have been Chris Cuomo uh, said that he let his wife cut his hair. And yeah. And did a pretty good job. And she, was, he, she was really – she was very nervous about it. Like, <laughs> Your wife? Yeah. I was like, it's, it'll, it'll grow back. I mean, worst case is you cut off too much, and it grows oh, back. Man. Well, you're more casual than me. No, I just, I'm like, y'all just got to see the curly version right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, what's, what's the, is there so any, any kind of just kind of crazy, funny thing that's happened where you just kind of stop, stop, fall down laughing, going, oh my God, that, that's, hilarious. you know what? Honestly, it's this virtual thing. So I, I'm a digital all the way. I don't mind working from home. Yep. I don't mind doing digital, but it, I, yeah, I probably shouldn't say this, but I laugh when I see either like, my team or my colleagues constantly, they, the mute button, that is the demise of everybody in a meeting. We didn't, we can't hear you. <laughs> so, uh, oh, the, the not, not turning the mute button off. I got you. Turn the mute button yeah. off or actually leaving it on or putting on the video we didn't intend. So yeah. we to see things that we probably shouldn't be seeing. So, it, you know, it, I think that's probably those um, unintended moments have probably made me laugh and kept me going a little bit more than I thought that they would. Yeah, I've liked the, you know, every TV and most of the radio interviews and a lot of the print interviews too actually are, are by Zoom now. Yeah. So I'm actually seeing a lot more of the journalists than I usually do. It's nice because right. I can see everything. Oh, and, oh yes. Yeah. I agree. And, and in fact, I'm getting interior design tips like when I watch people's houses now. <laughs> Okay, he put shades in there, not blinds. All right. Yeah, that's good. Well, I, 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 one of my clients is—they've been experimenting with like those Zoom virtual backgrounds. Oh. I, I just don't like them because I don't either. Your head looks like it's exploding. Oh, they made fun of me. I put I put myself in Paris a couple of weeks ago, and I, it looked really—I don't know—it looked good when I chose it and yeah. put it up. It's it was terrible. So oh. I find we just you just see my normal house or right, right. I mean, I, I got this little pop-up thing, so that's my, my little branding in the back. And plus, I know. You have a step and repeat. Yeah. yeah. How fancy. Well, I, I had it before because <laughs> I you know, did some trade shows and conferences here and there and events. So, so I had it, and I've got, I've got a couple of them for di you know, different, different versions. But I thought a couple, a couple months ago, I thought, well, I'm just going to pop this thing up and just leave that's it there. A, that's a great idea. Uh, you know, it's a couple of my clients have been like, hey, where did you get that? How much was mm -hmm. that? Because yeah. they're looking at the virtual things, and it's just, it's just, it's just not working. No, it's not. It, it's this halo around you as well. Right, right. And I don't know if that's just. I don't know what that is. Anyway, uh, you know, in terms of kind of the logistics of working, is there anything that's been challenging for you? I mean, you were saying this is you like it, and it's, it's it seems to be working well. Anything that's not working well in terms of the logistics of kind of working with your team? Um. So I'll speak to my team and I'll speak to the newsroom as a whole. So I think if, when we were first told that we were going to go home, and obviously we didn't think it was going to be this long, uh, my first thought was get everybody trained on what I think they need to be trained on, and you've got two hours. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, told, I, I told my team that, okay, we're going to learn how to do search in Slack and, even, and, and just let me teach you Zoom and things like that. And even though I think my team is actually a pretty digital team, maybe the platforms I wanted them to use in a certain way we hadn't gotten around to. And so there's people, so they picked it up quickly and we use it all the time. But I think 
in the beginning, it was just like this mess, this, this very quick rush to make sure that my team knew what they needed to know. Right. Now, I, I'm very lucky in the sense that I have, I work with smart people, so they learned it quickly. Um, as far as the newsroom, and our editor-in-chief will tell you this as well if, if you talk to him about it, but we did very well just transitioning from what felt like almost all in-person, all physical, or as much as we could, to almost all virtual. And you wouldn't even think, um, you wouldn't think that we could transition that well because it was just so fast and rapid, and it just required us to do everything so differently. But they, but everybody across the newsroom has done well. All the leadership, all the reporters, even interns that we had. You know, we had interns, and we had to all of a sudden put them you know, outside of the building and they had to be at home and work. And I felt yeah. like they just did a good job adapting and learning. And it, I think that Atlanta General Constitution really proved that they're a learning environment and they can adapt when they need to adapt. And a lot of reporters are like that, even if they've forgotten that they're like that, this, hopefully this situation has, <clears throat> they're fast learners and that's why they're in the business then. Yeah. It's, it's been, I think it's been hardest on the TV folks who have had to set up, yeah. you know, studios at home and, Mm -hmm. in the garage and get all the lights and equipment and cameras i've seen a couple of the like the couple of the uh, shots where people were showing what it looks like with all their setup and the lights and yeah that i'm glad i'm in newspaper <laughs> i don't have to do all that i just open up my laptop and i'm good yeah yeah well and you know i've been working from kind of a home base office for 20 years so mm -hmm. yeah my my transition was seamless <laughs> yeah well I, you know at this point you probably can write a newsletter work from home chronicled or something yeah yeah it's uh yeah it's been a few things i mean they you know, get the kids home and, and that kind of thing mm -hmm. so there's there's some differences there mm -hmm. uh, anything kind of upcoming new and different that you want to talk about that we haven't talked about any, just in general yeah just in general about the paper anything any new features or anything well, I, you guys have coming i wish oh man if i knew you're going to ask that question. I would have made sure. <laughs> I wrote some things down. Yeah, One of the things that pops into my head was Art from the Heart. Um, and that's the initiative where we have children draw uh, just their thoughts and feelings and some representation of being in the pandemic. And I really like the fact that, first of all, kids are smart. So you'd be surprised at how much they take in. And then when you look at that, it becomes an artifact for later for us to reflect on down the line so that that's been a really nice initiative and that's been led by our managing or one of our managing editors uh, mark wallaboy has um done that so that, i'm pretty sure you can actually find that online and i can send yeah. it to you yeah no, I've, I've seen that in fact i may i may grab some screenshots mm -hmm. of that just to, mm -hmm. to weave in here too yeah and it seems like you guys are doing the um uh, what's it called kind of the the good, the good stories, doing good kind yeah. of stuff. There's, yeah. it's, it seems to have expanded a little bit more. Like yeah, that. a lot of, and that's also another thing that's been very intentional. And, and quite frankly, we've been moving towards that direction too to ensure that we include content that's inspiring over time. Or, uh, but I think that this this context really just proved that we needed more of it. People were looking for, it. so we've done that. We've done. Um, Things that were people were helping people kind of stories so people like this these these people helping people um, so there's been a couple of initiatives where it focuses on inspire Atlanta or people helping people and I don't think people can get enough of that these days they want those feel good stories and they want to feel good yeah and they want to know how they can help too mm -hmm. you know there's yeah there's, 
people with time, time and money, maybe who, who have the ability to, to help others who aren't struggling. That's true. And they, well, we did a, we did a do guide actually that focused on that. And we decided, we decided to list out as many ways as we could think of. And we got a hundred. So that was even retweeted and, or reshared by the city of Atlanta. It was like a hundred ways to help Atlantans. And I think in the print version, it was about 56. That's all we had space for. So we just <laughs> stopped. <laughs> but but we came up, yeah, but we came up with a hundred. And if, if somebody wants to Google that, you can look at a hundred ways to help Atlantans. That was by uh, Zach Hansen, one of our breaking news writers. And I, okay. I asked him to do it and he, I thought it was going to take a lot longer, but it, he found so many different ways to help that it, it was, we had to, he had to stop at a hundred at one point. Well, that's a hundred is hundred. That's a good target. That's, that's yeah. good. Make it through the list and then we'll come up with another hundred. Yeah. Well, that that's good. I mean, the trick is uh, obviously to find things that people are comfortable doing, right. Mm-hmm. And they're not, right. you know, not touching or being with each other. Right. Yes. And, and they're all different. You know, in some ways you can donate, money sometimes you can donate time and sometimes you do donate your presence you know you put on a mask and gloves and take the necessary precautions and people want to help in that way as well so it just depends on people's comfort level and how they want to help all right so you said zach wrote that i'm gonna i'm gonna find yeah. that and, and put that in there so yeah zach wrote that okay got a note okay um well cool well i, I appreciate your time this is uh, it's always good to kind of to catch up with you. We, we don't get to do this often enough. I know. I would invite you for lunch, but can't. <laughs> well, you know, I've been doing virtual lunches with people. You know, so oh, have they, you? Yeah, we'll just set up on Zoom and we'll have like 10 or 15 people and okay. uh, we'll, we'll just have, we'll have lunch. We'll just kind of talk. Oh, very nice. Well, yeah. you're still buying though, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm buying, I'm buying the Zoom. <laughs> bring, your own, bring your own French fries. I'll take it for now. Cool. <laughs> All right, we've been talking with Nicole Smith with the Journal of Constitution. Uh, thanks for joining us for another edition of our Four Questions Journalist Spotlight. Uh, we should be back uh, next week with another installment. And if you want to see the the archives of all of our past uh, Journalist Spotlights, go to leftassociates.com and scroll down to the bottom, and there's a, there's a link there that will take you to the page. Thank you, Nicole. Bye.